Do you love track and field? I think everyone knows how much all of us in the Sidious Mag family love track and field and how much we enjoy sharing that love with you. Well, we've got a few big love sharing ideas in the works for the upcoming season, none bigger than what we've got planned for in Eugene, Oregon. Our summer of Hayward begins with the Nike Prefontaine Classic on Memorial Day weekend, where Team USA's men's and women's 10,000 meter teams will be determined through the Toyota USATF Outdoor Championships in late June, which will determine the rest of Team USA to the World Athletic Championships Oregon 22 in mid-July, where Team USA will be the home team. We'll be there for every competitive moment in Hayward Field and hope to create some moments of our own pre- and post-meet with interviews, analysis, and behind-the-scenes stories of some of track and field's most interesting athletes. For sure, the summer of Hayward will be unmissable. So don't miss out. Be there if you can. Tickets for all events are on sale now through the handy link on the Summer of Hayward page on SidiousMag.com. Hey everybody, welcome to or welcome back to D3 Glory Days. I'm Noah Adrati, joined as always by Stu Neustadt. Feels good to be back. I haven't been on an episode in a while. I know we put out one last week, but we're back in full force, rejuvenated after the Division Three indoor national meet hopefully you guys enjoyed tuning into that Stu's going to come on and tell you about our guest really cool legacy style guest today but in the meantime you can find everything d3 glory days related on www.d3glorydays.com you can follow us on instagram you can follow us on twitter but the website especially has a lot of really cool content we've been working with writers and photographers and there's some really cool stories on there that are definitely worth your time If you're interested in supporting what we do here, we tremendously appreciate that. A lot of you guys have been really generous in keeping this train on the rails. You can Venmo us at D3 Glory Days. Just kind of consider that as our internet tip jar if you enjoy spending your time with us. It really helps us continue to bring you this content. You can also find us on Patreon if that's more your vibe at Patreon backslash D3 Glory Days. Helps us out a lot, helps us grow the team and bring you more Division Three content. That's all for the shameless plugs. Uh, Stu's going to jump on here and tell you about our guest today. Yep, today we're joined by Frank Gramoroso of North Central College. He came to North Central in January of 1983, and on April 4th, 2022, he announced his retirement. 39 years he's been at North Central College, and he's seen it all. He came in when Al Carius had already won six cross-country titles, and he was tasked with helping build the track and field side of things, and the first title came in 1989. You'll hear throughout this interview that it wasn't about the titles or the records or anything like that. It was about making his team and the athletes he coached better people. He learned that from his dad, that you need to coach the person, not just what their time is. It's clear how North Central became so powerful because of the care and love that Coach Gramoroso gives to his athletes and how Al Carius mentored him throughout his career. We go into his early days at Northwestern and how that shaped him to become the coach that he is today as well as what his plans will be for retirement. 
He shares some fun anecdotal stories throughout his time at North Central and what he hopes the college will do with their successors of the program. It's going to be a new era for North Central cross country and track and field, but he won't be too far as he still lives in Naperville. This was a fun episode. We hope you enjoy another legacy style interview with coach Frank Grammaroso. We'll see you on the other side of the episode. Until then, here's to the glory days. Hello and welcome back to D3 Glory Days. We're back again with a long form interview. This time we're with a coach who just announced his retirement on April 4th from North Central College, Coach Frank Grammaroso. Coach Grammy, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're excited to hear your side of the North Central Dynasty. We've had Al Carius on in the past, and now we're going to get your perspective to bring it full circle for us. But let's start off with the retirement announcement. It was April 4th. You know, sometimes we have we have the Coach K retirement tour where he knew, everyone knew he was retiring for a full year. You're yeah. stopping at the end of this season. What went into the decision and, and why now with the retirement? Well, every retired coach I talked to has told me that you'll know when it's time. And the last few months, I felt that it's time. And actually, my first thoughts, I'll be 69 tomorrow. Happy let's, birthday. Let's, let's start with that. I, I'll be 69 tomorrow. So, uh, you know, I often thought maybe, you know, maybe I can uh, keep going like Al has. And I said, you know, how did you make it uh, to 75 before you, uh, you know, were diagnosed with cancer? And he's turned around and said, it's because of you. So that was a great, uh, great feeling for me to hear that, which I've known all along anyway, that we, we've been such a great team in 39 years. But uh, truthfully, probably after the 2019 indoor championships that we won, I started thinking about, you know, how much longer can I do this? Because I know what it takes. I know what it takes to win and to be here for the staff and every, recruiting and all that. And then, um, you know, in the fall of 2019, we still had, you know, cross country coming up and, uh, you know, again, with Al's, uh, you know, diagnosis, um, I stayed the fall to uh, get, um, you know, we had one returning All-American and, you know, with the rules, we take 10 to national. So nine of them have never been in a national meet. And I just felt, you know, I, I have to stay and, you know, help Al to uh, do what we do best. And, you know, we didn't know what was going to happen that season. And sure enough, we get second place in cross country. And then, uh, you know, when then this uh, illness that Al's dealing with, I mean, he beat prostate cancer, he beat skin cancer, and, you know, now he's got bone cancer. You know, I, I he asked me to be promoted to head cross country coach, and uh, I was willing to do that. Again, in the back of my mind, how much longer, how much more time can I do this? But this is what he wanted to do was to step down and asked me to be the head cross country coach along with the head track and field coach. And then we promoted one of our part time assistant coaches. And, um, you know, we did that through COVID and through this past year. And but I, I just knew that the time was coming. And um, the last couple months was very emotional, you know, a lot of tears. But it, it was time for me to make that announcement and uh, 
let the college try to prepare for that with the decisions that they, they have to make. So, you know, it just kind of snuck up on me when other coaches said, you'll know, and the last month or so, I, I knew that I, I know the energy that it takes, everything we've done in all these years, and I just don't have that energy anymore. I think there's a lot of coaches out there who are motivated to stick around because they have unfinished business. There's a championship they haven't won. There's a title they haven't gotten. You've won everything there is to win. You've basically seen it all at this point, but you've been around for so long. It, it sounds like your friendship with Al has kind of been the thing that has sustained you over these last. Yeah, it, it's, it's a true career. It's a true love relationship. I mean, it's, we, we deeply care for one another and it's kept me here all these years. And, you know, to be very honest, that's part of the situation is now he comes to morning practice and he's at afternoon practice and he's going to be 80 in July. And I'm not getting his energy, his positive energy that, you know, every day, all day. And uh, it, it's been tough. So, you know, that's one of the little, we, we say there's a lot of little differences why we're successful. And there's a lot of little reasons why it's time for me to step away. But certainly not having that energy 24-7 uh, has been rough on me. Have you kind of cherished certain moments a little bit more now in this last season, like the last indoor conference meet you had, and now you're coming up in the last outdoors conference meet? Anything like that you're kind of holding on to for this year? Yeah, yeah, of course. I'm still working the best I can be. I mean, we had a recruit in today, and I can honestly say, you know, I am retiring, but I'm still trying to help uh, lead the program and do the things that that I know I need to do. It's just, it is, you know, I'm just getting tired. Yeah. As you, you know, kind of start winding things down, packing up the office, and you head out and turn the lights out for the last time, have you imagined what those emotions will be like and kind of what thoughts might be going through your head as you exit yeah, that room? I, I think it's going to hit me more come August when we're supposed to be back at school. My yeah. wife's biggest fear is I'm still going to come here and hang around. She's like, well, why don't you just do that and get paid for it? <laughs> uh, but again, it's the energy that it takes in recruiting. It's, you know, it's, it's still 12 hours a day. I'm here at 6 a.m. because we have a morning run every morning, every day. And I'm here at 6.30 and... You know, and on Mondays, Wednesdays, I'm late, sometimes Tuesdays and Thursdays because we practice at noon. I'm out a little bit earlier, but I know what it takes to, uh, to do the job, and I, I don't have that energy. And I, I'm a little disappointed that, you know, at my first season as cross-country coach, you know, we, we had nine guys sick the day of nationals, and uh, nobody had COVID, but they all had some kind of thing going on where, you know, we... I know we were a top 10 team, but we finished 15th and, uh, you know, we only had two national champions in uh, 2021 in track. So, you know, part of that is, you know, the recruiting process and everything that I know you need to do to lead the program. And it's time for someone else to step up and do what it takes to be successful at North Central College. Well, in this interview, it's almost as it's an exit interview of sorts. But before we get through, you know, the the who do you think will take over and all those fun questions, we got to hear from the beginning and how you got to North Central to have this illustrious career. You graduated from Northwestern. What into that process of, you know, heading there and running track there? Well, that was a great, uh, I, you know, I had a great time at, at Northwestern. I I had a I had a rough, tough coach, but he uh, 
you know, he, he was, you know, I wouldn't say he's a true friend, but he was a great mentor. I knew I wanted to be a track coach and would stay and uh, try to learn from him all the different event areas. You know, back then we only had one coach in the Big Ten and every now and then he had somebody to come in and help him here. But he was the head cross country coach, head track and field coach, and he coached all the events. And I, I watched and learned, learned from him. Great respect for, for what, he, what he was doing. So I just thought I was going to be a high school teacher and high school coach. I started at Glenbard East High School in Lombard, uh, was teaching two health classes and coaching, working on my master's. Then I got the head track and field job at Eisenhower High School in Blue Island, the south suburb of Chicago. And uh, we got second in the state in 1981, primarily on the sprint core that we had there. So everybody thought, here, I'm this great sprint coach, but I had some great, great sprinters. I had the original Wallace Spearman, who, you know, his son went to, went to the Olympics, but uh, Wallace ran. Uh, now, he started out as a 24-second, 200-meter guy, so I think I helped him out somewhat, but certainly he had the God-given speed, ran 20.89 in high school and 10.44, and, uh, you know, I had some credibility for our team placed second in the state of Illinois, and uh, then the district slaps five English classes on me. After teaching physical education and health, uh, we had three high schools, Eisenhower, Richards, and Shepherd, and three freshman buildings. And with the drop in enrollment, you know, I was there for probably six years and they said, hey, we need you to teach English. I said, okay, I'll do it, but I'm not gonna coach anymore. So I started recruiting for my college coach at Northwestern, keeping my, you know, trying to stay involved with uh, something to do with athletics. And then in the fall of 82, 1982, he told me he was retiring from coaching and that uh, he would stay on to finish the year with some administrative responsibilities. Uh, I had an interview, but I knew Big Ten Northwestern wasn't going to hire a high school coach who just quit coaching. And uh, just because I was doing some recruiting for them, uh, they certainly were looking at Joe Newton from York High School. Al Carius was named, was in there. And in December of 82, he said, I'm not going to go to Northwestern. I'm staying at North Central College. You have a teaching job. Why don't you come here and help me coach and help build the track and field program? He won his sixth national title that fall in 1982. And I started as a part-time coach in January of 1983, first coaching the middle distance runners and then eventually taking over the sprints, hurdles, relays, which he felt was a better fit for us at North Central. So how did you originally meet Al? Well, I knew of him as a high school coach. I tried to get athletes to, to come to North Central College. I was involved with our Illinois Coaches Association and heard him speak. Uh, but obviously, being at Northwestern as a volunteer recruiter, uh, still have to take all the NCAA uh, recruiting tests and all that stuff. Uh, when his name came up, I was living in Lyle, Illinois, and I would come over here. We would work out together. And mainly it was to try to find out, are you going to take that job? Are you going to hire an assistant coach in that position? Uh, so that was kind of the start of our friendship. And then, of course, he offered a position for me, and it just grew from there. It seems, listening to you, that you never really had much of a doubt that you wanted to be a coach. Is that accurate? Like, yes. is that always kind of in your blood? Yeah. You know, I... Uh, Getting uh, 
being recruited at Northwestern late in the summer and coach being very honest saying someone turned down a scholarship. You're the next person on my list. And uh, I took it. And the only school that was open was the school of education at the time. And I said, well, I don't know what I want to do. And he said, well, you just stay for one term and then transfer into another school within the university. And my first term uh, getting out to uh, high schools and, and um, you know, visiting, making visits to middle schools and high schools, I thought this, this is something I can do. And maybe I can, uh, you know, coach because almost every physical education teacher I met on these visits was, was also a coach. So that started it, you know, back in 1971, getting out to schools. 1972 as part of the education program at, at North Central. And a lot of it was, I would show up, uh, Haven Middle School was one, and the teacher said, well, why are you watching? Here, teach this class. It's basketball, or hey, we have a track and field unit. So I started teaching right away with these mentors that were like, why are you just sitting and observing? Why don't you take over? In those early days at North Central, did you have your eye on getting back into the D1 level or was there something about the D3 level that drew you in more? No, I mean, yeah, obviously it's high school. Then maybe you started division three, but I never really, you know, the, as our friendship grew and what we were trying to do here at North central, the, the goal was to make track and field like cross country. And, uh, you know, I started, like I said, uh, 83, I was still a high school teacher. Actually I was in the English department, but I was tutoring, students who were two or more grades behind in reading. And basically they just wanted you to get their homework done so they could pass and then graduate. So, uh, you know, doing that and then coming after school to the college, uh, I did some recruiting, uh, but it was mainly working with the athletes who were here and making the contacts and high school coaches that I knew to help Al. Uh, I was really his first full-time track and cross country only person. Uh, uh, Jim Walkenheim before me was a football coach and coach track and decided he wanted to take the football route. Uh, Jim Nichols from Ithaca College, he was an assistant for Al, but he worked in admissions, which obviously you have to recruit. Uh, but I was Al's first full-time track and cross country, you know, assistant coach. Was it ever, you know, clear to you in those early days that like, you would be there for a long time or were you just taking it year by year? Yeah, I, I don't, I, you know, I was taking it year by year, but I wasn't, I felt we had a great situation here. And, you know, you, know, you walked in and you already have six national titles in cross country <laughs> and you, you just add your expertise to it. And, uh, you know, Al would admit, he might've in his video way back when that uh, I was a much better administrator of the program from, for him. Uh, you asked about some stories. I can tell you an Al story. One time he's doing his expense report and I see him writing a check back to North Central. I'm like, what are you doing? He goes, well, I, we had an advance and it, meals and here's my receipts and it doesn't add up. So I owe the college some money. I said, give me that. I'll, 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 do, I'll handle budgets and all that. So they're going to come after you, coach. If you talk about money, money, they, <laughs> money, you guys, though, they're going to come after you. Yeah. Well, well, he, he just didn't have, you know, he had the receipts, but it didn't add up. So he had to write the check back to the college for our, for our expenses. So, and it wasn't much. I'm just, you know, it's $15, $20, but it's like, I'll take care of it. I know how to handle all that. So he'll be the first to tell you, 
you know, at administrating the programs and the budgets and, and, and everything from buses to hotels, all that kind of stuff. I took that from him because he had Ken Popejoy working with cross country with him when I first started too. you know, Ken was a lawyer and, uh, you know, came to the North central to, to help coach as a volunteer. And, uh, so I was able to put more time recruiting and administrating the programs and then, you know, working, you know, for track and field to, you know, recruit those classes to, uh, to do what we've been doing. It's interesting that you talk about that role of like organizer administrator. I think a lot of people have this idealistic view of coaching that you're just yeah. every day you show up and <laughs> inspire the athletes and then yada, yada, they win championships, but you know, they got to get on a bus. They got to get to the hotel. Yeah. I mean, can you kind of talk about the, the nuts and bolts of, yeah. of that a little bit? Yeah. And when, when Al, he'll tell you North central, we were doing it with mirrors, you know, obviously we're in a much better place, but you know, all schools have challenges with their budgets. And when he was athletic director, Al didn't want the perception that, He's winning because he has the most money. Our budget was terrible when I came here and I fought with him, with the administration to get it where it needed to be because he didn't want other sports and other coaches to feel like, well, you're only winning because you're the athletic director and you control all the budgets and uh, all the budgets were very poor until they allowed us to fundraise. We had a president who did not allow coaches to fundraise and then Another president came in and said, you need more money? Get on the phone. So I started a golf outing uh, that raises money. And, uh, you know, plus the fact that Al's been here so long and me, 39 years, we have a lot of alums out there. If it wasn't for them, we couldn't do a lot of the things that we do, um, you know, have been doing. Uh, they are, you know, very helpful financially and in, in, in any way they can. Are you fundraising right now? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but they do when they see that. Now they might have to wait to see who the next coach is going to be. I, that, that's something I hope I can still keep that group together. I mean, there's lifelong friends, guys that I've coached who now I've coached their sons. And, you know, I want to try to keep that connection uh, and help uh, whoever the next coach is in some way. Uh, with all the hundreds of coaches we have out there, uh, the college better hire an alum to, to, coach, to coach these two sports. You mentioned you came to North Central in January of 83, and then in 85, you said again, you get promoted to full-time. What did that do for you and your coaching career? Because it sounds like you're really a, a, a high school teacher and then coaching the yeah. side, but now you can yeah. go all in with the coaching. That, that's, that's, when it, that's when we were all in, you know, and it, yeah, uh, then our first, you know, we were third, and I think before that, in track, they were second, you know, years before I came, and then... Uh, you know, in 1988, we were second, uh, third indoors and third outdoors. And then in 89, we won indoors and outdoors. So that was our number one goal. I mean, uh, I guess I mentioned Jim Walkenheim when he left for a football job and I took over. He had a, a mock-up of a championship track and field ring, you know, a photo on his wall. And, uh, you know, that was our goal. That was our goal. That's why Al wanted me to come to North Central to help build the track and field program and, and sustain the cross country program. And, you know, that was that, uh, that picture that was still on the wall of uh, our track and field athletes trying to uh, achieve that national championship that we've been having in cross country. Is there a particular moment that you remember where you felt like 
the tide was finally turning and the and the track team was really taking off in the way that you had hoped it would? Well, it was those early championships. Uh, and again, I my mind fades. I wish I could read them all off. But 1998, 1998, I think we were up in Northfield, Minnesota. And uh, the NCAA news at that time that would come out, the newspaper, uh, the headline said, North Central sprints to, D, uh, to, to three men's track and field with record score. We scored 91 points. I think we almost had 40 points in the sprints. You know, David Thompson, who's the coach at uh, New York University now, he won the 200 and led off our four by one. Uh, he was the long jump champion indoors, but outdoors he had a long jump right after he ran the 200 meter uh, trial. So that didn't work out very good. Uh, Joe Williams, the coach at Tufts University, was on that team. He anchored our four-by-one to the national championships. Uh, Jeff Stiles, coach at Wash U, he was on that 98 team. He placed in the steeplechase and the 5,000 meters. Uh, but I think uh, that was one of my, as an assistant coach, one of my greatest moments to see that, you know, after all the years of all the distance runners that uh, the NCAA News, whoever wrote that article, said North Central Sprints, to the D3 title, outdistancing Lincoln University. On your bio on northcentralcardinals.com, it says, since coming aboard, Graham Rioso has coached the middle distance runners, pole vaulters, hurdlers, sprinters, decathletes, relay teams at one time or another. So essentially the entire track and field team. <laughs> but where would you kind of put yourself as a coach? Are you more of a sprint coach? Are you a field coach? How would you describe yourself? Well, you know, I'm a distance runner at heart. I was a steeplechaser at Northwestern. My only Big Ten medal was in the steeplechase in 1975. I got fifth. Uh, you know, that's why I worked with cross country too with Al and, and our, all our other coaches. And we have some great, you know, volunteers. We have some great part-time coaches who make a couple thousand dollars, but whatever we needed at the time, you know, when uh, Jim Walkenheim left, he was a field events coach. Uh, I took, I said, I think the pole vaulters need someone here full-time. When I'm with the vaulters, then the sprinters were alone. And when I was the sprinters, the vaulters were alone, but I was able to, to work through that, uh, work through that schedule. And, uh, you know, taking on responsibilities of the Maltese, they still were able to go to a throws coach or goes to a jumps coach or work with me with hurdles and sprints. Uh, so yeah, it kind of a jack of all trades being a former cross country and, you know, steeplechaser distance runner. I knew I wanted to be a coach. So it started at Northwestern following Don Amade around and videos and uh, coaching clinics and uh, whatever I can get my hands on to uh, coach people. I learned that from my dad. My dad, didn't have a high school education and he coached the Chicago gladiators semi-professional football team when he was a truck driver. And I watched him coach people, you know, how to coach a person, not, not necessarily all the technique and all the science, but I watched how he dealt with people when I was a young boy. So uh, that, you know, I'm not the best technician, I think, but I know enough to, to help someone achieve what they need to achieve. So whatever we needed at the time, you know, even with uh, when our throws coach was a football coach, you know, Brian Fenley, I'd film him when fall practices were able to, to begin. I would film him. He was our national championship discus thrower and, you know, work with him as best I can, even though I wasn't the throws coach. 
as a track coach, track and field coach, your attention is always going to be divided in the way that you describe. Like if you have to be with the vaulters, you're not going to be with the sprinters. And then you also talk about, you know, coaching people. And so you have to have a certain amount of trust that when you're with the vaulters, the sprinters are going to do what they're supposed to do and that the vaulters are going to do what they're supposed to do. So how did you build that trust with the athletes where you said, you know, like today I'm not going to be here, but you could leave that event group alone and trust that they were still going to execute. Our our whole program is based on trust and our whole relationship with uh, coach Gary's is based on trust. And I think athletes can recognize that and they can see that there's no egos involved. And, you know, we're still in the same area. I can still kind of see what people are doing, but you know, that's, we, we say that all the time, you know, uh, I'll take care of me for you if you take care of you for me. And that's something we live by at North Central in, in all the events. And some get it and some don't, but it's that trust. And especially when there's the aches and the pains and the injuries. And, you know, some guys think, well, he's not working very hard. We, we always have to have that trust conversation. That, Look, you know, John's doing what he needs to do. And you do what you need to do and we'll bring it all together. But, you know, trust is a huge factor that, well, again, some get it, some don't. We just try to, you know, emphasize that on a daily basis. I, mean, I was blessed to have some great, great athletes here at North Central. What were the early days like of building up the track and field side of things? You mentioned Al and cross country had six titles before you got there. And so they had the distance, you know, on lock right there. What was the recruiting process like with some of those early sprinters you mentioned that kind of help you bring these full track and field titles together? Yeah, it, it was the, you know, the recruiting grind, you know, for Division Three, And we're a Chicagoland area. You have uh, DePaul gives scholarships, Loyola gives scholarships, St. Francis gives scholarships, and St. Louis University gives scholarships, and, you know, you're all going after the, the same people. So, you know, it's it's that, um, you know, that, that feeling of trust that uh, your program, your facilities, all that works together, that a family is going to trust and pay the private school cost uh, to be in, be in your program. And certainly the winning, you know, gives some credence to, uh, to that you're doing some things right. You know, it, uh, it helps the, you know, we, we don't say we're, our goal is to win those trophies. We want to do the right thing day in, day out. And uh, the trophies in that trophy case just kind of proves that we're doing the right thing, but recruiting's tough. And that's why it's one of those little things that it's not fair to my assistant coaches that I'm not, I, I don't have the energy to do what I used to do. Now, when Al had Ken Popejoy in cross country, I was able to, to get out the door and, you know, go to high schools as much as you can. The, and then the bigger your team is, the harder it is to get out sometimes. But it was, um, you know, a lot of uh, effort. Uh, you know, Coach Walkenheim put us in a good place before he left because, again, he was after football, a full-time coach for uh, for Al. And then I walked in when, when he left and there were, we had a good nucleus coming in already, but certainly those, uh, early years, it's, you, you got to get the athletes in. Now we have a lot of alums who are coaches now too. So you can at least, uh, have that inroad, uh, for them to, uh, you know, talk about North central and what they've experienced and, and that, that helps, but it was, it was mainly the recruiting and then developing, you know, we're not in the years I've been here, there might've been only two or three state high school champions that came to North central. Uh, we have a true developmental program. Uh, we have the facilities and the staff to do that. So it's, you're not getting the top line athletes, uh, but 
you're getting guys who are willing to work and uh, and succeed. So the coaching landscape in college is like kind of always evolving. Positions are always opening. People are bouncing around to some extent. As you developed as a coach, were there ever moments before you were named a head coach that you were felt pulled away from North Central or were there ever opportunities to leave that you strongly considered? I went to one interview and that was at DePaul University because uh, my good friend, Pat Savage, who was a high school coach and was coached by Don Amade at DePaul University when he was a student athlete. And uh, he was the uh, coach at, uh, after high school, he coached at his alma mater. And when he was retiring, they, uh, you know, he put my name in and I did have an interview. Uh, I'm from Chicago. Uh, I really wasn't looking to go anywhere else. Wasn't ready to move uh, from Naperville. And um, I wasn't offered the job, but just at the time, I don't, the salary wasn't very much more than I was making at North Central College. So it was an honor to go to a division one school and talk to the athletic director and, and uh, you know, be asked to uh, interview. So uh, that was the only thing, you know, again, I, the relationship that I had with Al and every couple of years when I go to the convention, a young coach will ask me, how did you stay there so long? And it's hard to explain, you know, it's Al talks about the air all the time. You can't, there's the air. You can't touch it. You can't feel it, you know, but it's there. And there's something about our relationship that's there that, uh, you know, we've helped each other grow to be the best that we can be. And uh, it's, I, I don't know. I never thought of leaving until now. Saying that your relationship was that strong, I'm sure the administration saw what you are doing with your teams and your programs. You mentioned there that you were the first, you know, full-time coach for Al. And you look on the website now, there's a few other full-times, I'm sure, plus a laundry list of volunteers. You got a nice, beautiful indoor track. There's a great outdoor facility. It's definitely come a long ways in your career with just the support that you all are receiving. You mentioned earlier that you had to do a lot of fighting with the administration. So what was that journey like to get North Central's facilities and staff to where it is today? Yeah, well, you know, Al took the football paradigm, you know, there was a time he'd say, you know, he would tell his wife, I didn't get to see everybody today. And he started, you know, trying to build, uh, you know, like a football program has position coaches. So I was able to be there full time. And he talked to other coaches, you know, there was a football coach who became our throws coach. And then, uh, then he stayed with track and field, but he was a high school teacher. Certainly we're in a populated enough area where there are, uh, coaches that have retired. I have two retired high school alums on our staff. Steve Weisbrooks from Naperville Central High School. He retired two years ago. Ken Helbert from uh, uh, Wheaton Warrenville South has two state Illinois state championship teams. He's an alum. He works with our high jumpers. So uh, I learned that from Al. Try to try to find as many people, you know, uh, don't have an ego that, hey, I know everything. I'm going to you know, micromanage everybody. Al would bring somebody in and let them, he would call us all the head coach of our event areas. And, and I learned that from him. And certainly, you know, we're in an area where there's a lot of schools and a lot of, you know, coaches that uh, retired from high school and they came and coached with us for a few years. Um, 
we never really had a, you know, Al was athletic director for a long time. So there was no, you know, fighting uh, among the administration. Uh, we just, you know, we hosted a lot of outdoor national meets because that was a way to build our facility. You know, the school would say, well, we got all these schools coming. You know, we were, had all kinds of friends of the program that would uh, help us upgrade things without spending a lot of uh, you know, institutional money. I believe we had nine outdoor national championships here at North Central. Uh, one was two when I was part-time and then, you know, the others when I was full-time. And uh, then the indoor facility is built and we had two uh, national championship uh, meets here. So we've always had support from the administration. It just seemed like there was never enough money to go around to really do, do things that you were capable of doing. And uh, that's where we reached out to our alumni base and, and get a lot of things done, you know, that way. What part of the North Central like facility infrastructure are you most proud of? Well, I would say the indoor facility. Uh, that was never on the um, mind of the college. Uh, you know, there's a couple of alums that own a precast company and uh, the college needed a new dorm. And Mr. Worley, who's still alive, uh, Benedetti has passed away, but uh, Worley's a basketball guy. And he thought if we get track out of, we had a 160 yard track in the basketball arena, moving us out now would make more of a basketball facility. And uh, his relationship with Al over the years, they decided we can build a dormitory and we can have a recreation center in the middle of it. Uh, we went around and looked at other facilities with a, a group of uh, you know benefactors and, and coaches at North Central and um, you know, York High School built an indoor track and they were looking at that facility. But I think we have one of the only facilities in the country that's a dormitory and inside of it is a 200 meter championship track. But because the college needed something bigger than old Myrner Fieldhouse that's been around for 100 years. So it was those uh, two alums that convinced the president that this is the direction they wanted to go when the president just wanted a dormitory. We got a dormitory and a recreation center all in one package they can't be late right you better they better never be late to practice yeah. if they're living in the in the track our older alums say we should still have our freshmen work out in Myrner Fieldhouse on a four <laughs> four lane track where the doors would open to the inside you're running an interval in lane four and all of a sudden somebody opens the door whacks you in the face yeah it is it is it was a dream come true we may be jumping a couple of years here, but I want to hear about August of 2010. You're named the head coach of the track and field program. After 28 years of being an assistant coach, you finally get the reins to, you know, have the program. What would that day mean for you and just your relationship with Al? Yeah, it, it took some time. Um, I think, you know, track and field is a little more complicated than, than cross country. And as Al was getting older and he just felt, um, you know, it was time to, um, you know, pass it on. And uh, yeah, it was, at first it didn't, you know, the still today, which we'll get into a little bit later, the, you know, the college, if there's a head coaching position, there's going to be a national search. So it took some time for the administration to try to figure out, you know, what, how are we going to do this? Okay. You know, you're giving up your head coaching position and, we normally do a national search and it didn't take too long, but it took a few months for them to determine that 
if they did a search, I'd probably be one of the top candidates anyway. So they might as well just uh, promote me. Uh, Al's son was a baseball player and uh, Al loves baseball. And I think he felt, you know, my son's playing baseball here and how can the head coach in track and field go over and watch his son play baseball? So uh, beside his age and how complicated track and field is and certainly a reward for the work I put in, it was easier for him to be with the distance runners and then sneak off and go watch the uh, uh, baseball game rather than find out, well, what are the throwers doing? What are the balters doing? Because he would always, you know, especially when the distance guys were on the roads, as the head coach, he wandered around and, and wanted to see what everybody was doing, not to micromanage and not to see what kind of coach you were. But, you know, he generally wanted, you know, be there for the athletes. And it, that time came where, you know, he wanted to spend more time watching his son play baseball, still coach his athletes. But certainly when there are baseball games in the afternoon and, you know, we have two days a week where we finish practice at noon and uh, he was able he felt better about watching his son play baseball. And that, certainly that was great for me to uh, not look for another job, not want to leave. I, I'd still be assistant coach today if that didn't happen, but it happened. And, uh, you know, it was great to continue what we started. We had, yeah, seven, we had seven national titles in track and field. And when I became the head coach, we win five more. So I couldn't be more proud of us. Did it hurt your feelings at all when the college even considered a national search to fill that position before yeah, you went into you it? You know, again, that was just the, that's kind of what, you know, what they needed to do. And uh, it didn't hurt. It's like, okay, well, I'll put my hat in there, you know? So, uh, you know, but we had a father-son duel in football, you know, and I think there were a lot of things at play that are we going to make the right move? And it turned out when John Thorne retired, his son became the head coach and he won a national championship in 2019 so and runner-up last year so it all worked out but you know when the administration has certain rules that guide them it takes a while to figure out okay should we change it so I wasn't hurt at all but I felt confident that uh, if it, they were going to do a search that I'd be in the hunt anyway. What did you do to celebrate? Uh, I kept working. It's <laughs> <laughs> the right answer coach it's the right yeah, answer. You know, kept working. Now it's my turn to win one. So, uh, but it, it's not just me. It's, it's everybody, you know, it's, we have a great group of coaches that volunteer their time or, you know, get paid so little, but uh, that's why it's good to try to find a retired coach that uh, still wants to do, wants to do a little bit for uh, what, what little we pay them. During that time when you did get promoted to head coach, North Central was coming into its own. Obviously, it's been a historically great program, but in that stretch there, you do the Triple Crown in 2009, 2010, cross indoor and outdoor, get second in 2010 cross, but then go on to win three straight track titles there. That had to be such a, an amazing time in your life and career. You get promoted to head coach and you all just can't lose. You know, what was that like for the college and the program to just keep winning all these national titles? That was fantastic. I mean, that's, that's what we work for. And, uh, you know, again, it's not about, Al will always say, it's not about the trophies, the medals and all that. It's about who you become in the process. And we've adopted that to, uh, to all event areas, you know, it's the process. And if you do the right things, that stuff is going to come, but you're not, you're not a place or a time. You're a person. Like I mentioned, that goes back to 
you know, my father and uh, and uh, and all Al's mentors, you know, uh, Ted Hayden from University of Chicago and treating people, you know, with the respect and, and not just what can the athlete do for me, but what can I do for the athlete? So uh, all that's in Al's book, by the way. So uh, certainly uh, on Amazon, you can uh, buy Al's book, Run for Fun and Personal Best. And there's so many stories in there. And, you know, that's what obviously kept me around all this time was working with a guy like that. It was just unbelievable for me and my self-esteem and my knowledge and and what I can give athletes in our program. And it, it's just been phenomenal uh, to do that. But, you know, sometimes in recruiting, it, it works and sometimes it doesn't. I remind people there was 10 years we went without winning a championship, you know, and some of that's in the uh, uh, Jim or uh, uh, Nichols uh, uh, video that he made uh, about the 16 to one, you know, where was the time where, where that we were struggling a little bit with the, uh, character of the team and uh you know and it just takes work to to establish that and get the culture back and then then you start winning again so sometimes it uh takes more work and al will be the first to say you know he thought we were on autopilot and then we had that long stretch and you know he was motivated by uh you know he doesn't read the message boards but somebody copied a message about al was too old he's over the hill Thanks, North Central, for everything you've done, but you're never going to win again. And he kept that in his top drawer. And, uh, you know, we went to work. Coach, this may be uh, an impossibly big question, so if you need to pass, it's okay. But, I mean, obviously we talk about the impact that coaches have on athletes. Um, that's undeniable. But as a coach, I'm sure there have been athletes in your career that have impacted you more than others are there any names that stand out to you? And you've coached so many people, but yeah. <laughs> that have really had a formative impact on either your coaching or just kind of you as a human being. Yeah. Well, first of all, it's my mentors, you know, that uh, certainly, you know, I, I wasn't as close to uh, Ted Hayden as Al was because Al ran for University of Chicago Track Club when he was at, at University of Illinois. Uh, but I have a, a membership card for University of Chicago Track Club and certainly my coach in college and other coaches that I surrounded myself with in high school. But, you know, there's hundreds of athletes that, you know, I never ran, jumped or thrown at North Central. It was the relationship with the athletes that uh, gave us, uh, you know, the, the success that we've had. And there's far too many uh, to mention, you know, I only mentioned Wallace Pearman in high school because, you know, that was a well-known name and, you know, everybody thought I was this great sprint coach. I just kept them healthy and read a lot of material and talked to uh, some of my college uh, teammates who were sprinters and watched my college coach. One thing I knew about sprinters, they ran fast. They didn't, they didn't do a lot of intervals like, like middle distance and distance runners. Did. So you keep them healthy, you study, you learn. And, uh, but there's a whole bunch of, of sprinters and, and, uh, uh, the Catholics and people I've worked through with, a lot of high school coaches that, you know, are, I'm close friends that, uh, you know, from the early years when I started in 1985. Uh, so I don't want to leave anybody out. That's Al was fear was I'm going to leave somebody out of my book, but uh, yeah, very yeah, diplomatic. The, the joy diplomatic. <laughs> and the joy to see them as successful coaches, you know, uh, state championship teams and individual state champions. Many of them are going to retire from high school in a year or two and 
but uh, now I made my announcement, so I'm getting out of there before some of them are. I've had two sons of uh, Dennis Piron from Batavia High School, coach both of his his sons, Peyton Piron, second in the uh, you know uh, the uh, 400 indoors and part of a distance medley team in 2019 that we won, and now his younger brother's a freshman. And Dennis was an All-American sprinter for us. Football coach, won many state titles. He's got a great track and field team at Batavia High School. So the list goes on and on and on. On that note of all the current high school and college coaches that have ties to North Central that are alumni, what does that say about the program you all created and the impact that you've had on them as they've gone on to like kind of replicate your all's career? Because surely not one school can just churn out over 100 different coaches coming from one place. Yeah, I, you know, it, it's I think it's the way they've been treated and, and how they felt about us as coaches. And and even, you know, even the coaches they had from their other event areas that are successful high school coaches due to the fact that, uh, you know, those part time coaches were still in our, our program. You know, we, we had a great vault program when I finally got Tim Winder to come over here from the high school and be our vault coach and his three sons come to North Central College. But um, it's, it's you know, the way we treat the athletes of, you know, the caring and the love we have for them and, and treat them as the individuals that they are and try to fit them into a, a family, a track and field team. But again, I, I just keep repeating what I learned from Coach Carries is they're not a time or a place, you know, they're an individual and we, we have to develop them from the inside out uh, to be the best they can be. And athletes get caught in that comparison trap, especially in track, because it's all time and distance based. And uh, it's it's you against you is what we try to promote and be the best you that you can be and uh, enjoy the process. And good things are going to happen. But that takes a lot of faith uh, for someone to understand that, because most guys just want to know what what their height is or their time is. And compare it to everybody else. So uh, that's the greatest joy is these coaches at our former alums that have gone into coaching and you see them be successful carrying on some of the characteristics that we hope they learned here. When a employer, you put it on a, on a resume, an employer calls us, they don't care what your time and place is. You know, they want to know, you know, do you, you know, do you know how to win? Do you know how to lose? Are you on time? Are you a team player? Those are the things that are available to the national champion and the guy who can't even break five minutes of the mile. That they all can buy into that and learn those characteristics that build character. And that's what we feel that we, we build winners in life. We have a, a poster in our office that uh, we build winners in life and seeing all our alums and all the professions that they're in be successful is, is great. We've interviewed, um, you know, a handful of really amazing coaches on this podcast, and I love talking to you guys as opposed to the athletes sometimes. So like when we talk to the athletes, they're just like sitting in their dorm room, right? And the walls are, the walls are empty. But when we talk to coaches, you guys are sitting in your office and you can kind of get an idea of the character of a coach. And we release these as only audio, so there's no video component. But I'm wondering if you could kind of talk us through some important artifacts in your office, because I mean, you've won so many trophies. There's so many things that could be decorating the walls in your office. And I'm kind of curious what some of those sentimental objects that you've really held onto are. Well, I changed offices a lot. I used to have a picture of every all American 
their All-American certificate and a picture of them in action, usually, unless, oh, nice. unless we a, couldn't have one. That's well, some wall space. Walls, <laughs> I moved so many offices. Now we're here in this beautiful uh, residential rec center. And I, I, for years, I've been wanting to load them all up so they just play on the TV and uh, not punch all the holes in the wall. But I do have, you see behind me, from 2019 indoors, there's Al and I at the victory stand. And then the little one there is our first national championship getting thrown into the uh, water jump pit with uh, behind Jim Van Adigan, who has been the coach at Purdue and Oklahoma. And I can't recall how many dozen universities he's been at. And then um, I told my college coaches up there with Casey, who was our maintenance guy who watered down our dirt clay track every day uh, at Northwestern when we had an indoor facility. But I have all our uh, or all our places, all our trophies. I got a couple of Drake Relays trophies. I got my medallion from being inducted into the North Central Hall of Fame. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven watches, but I think two of them I haven't put up in there yet. So, and all our all our rings over there, and then those uh, individual uh, uh, Coach of the Year awards from the uh, Coaches Association. So uh, my wife said, you're not going to bring all that crap home, are you? <laughs> Where's it going to go? It, can't, it has to come home somewhere, right? Well, then, yeah, let me, let me look, 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 at, look at that. Oh, wow. That was a lot of binders. I got a binder for every year, every workout, uh, everything. I think that's what she had, right? I think she'll be okay with now the trophies I'm gonna leave are not mine. You know, the school won them, but certainly the all of the coaches uh, association trophy and my uh, and everything else can stay here to for the history of the next coach that uh, you know probably takes this office. But yeah, she doesn't want all these binders that uh, for every single year, cross country, indoor, and outdoor track, plus binders full of workouts. And I keep taking books and videos off the shelf to put more binders. Maybe they're redoing our library. Maybe they'll give me a spot in the library to put all this stuff. Not to mention, there's a bookcase out in our uh, lobby area here for um, in the coaches' offices that uh, has probably photos from all those years, a binder with photos. And uh, so there's a, a lot here. Yeah, they I'm should sure. give you a, a coach's corner at the library. Yeah, maybe. I'm sure some competitors would pay top dollar for, for those binders to get a glimpse into the workouts and everything yeah. that made North Central what it is. And still, I that, since computers, I have them all there, but I love to go to the binder instead of searching my computer to find it. Because then you start looking by page, by page, by page. We'll see what I'm going to do with all that. They might just junk it. I don't know. No, they can't junk it. The, the secret archives of North yeah, Central's right. success. Yeah, I'll have to. I should look into that to see where they can be. Is there? This might be a tough one because you've won so many. But is there a specific national title that maybe means more? Because there was obviously that sixteen to one year. I'm sure was big for you all. But was there a track title that maybe had some adversity that people didn't know about and made it that much sweeter when you won? Yeah, that's, um, you know, obviously the, the first one in 89, indoors and out, were very significant, the, the 98 team. And then the, the team where we won by one point were uh, Dan Iverson, who's a Hall of Fame Illinois girls coach, who fell on Friday in the steeplechase after being maybe in 
third or fourth place. He fell over the last barrier and then he got up to finish eighth. That was a point. Uh, some of this is, Al was very disappointed that he left that story out and told a few others about that year. Uh, Brian Fenley, who was the national champion in the discus, he didn't like the shot, but uh, Coach Gore, our throws coach at the time, convinced him to still practice the shot. You could place in conference, you know, uh, still work at it. And back then, uh, you know, he was the qualified in the discus, but because he was already in the meet, they let him throw the shot, even though he wasn't in whatever qualifying we were doing back then. I forget how many people they were taking. It wasn't an even number in every event, especially in the vertical events. There's all those ties. And uh, so he wins the discus, but he ends up fifth in the shot put for points. And then at the very end, we had David Jones in the triple jump. Uh, is that for some reason that was the last event going on? It was after the four by four. And uh, then, uh, you know, he comes up to our jump coach, Doug Malinsky, who was a high school teacher and got out of high school coaching and coached at North Central for many, many years. And then coached here when he retired from high school. But uh, David said, Coach, what do I need to do? And uh, this is after lacrosse had their numerous strings of indoors and outdoor titles. He said, well, if you, if you stay in uh, fifth place, we lose uh, by a point. If you get, take fourth place, we tie. If you get third, we win. Second to last jump, David goes down the runway, boom, boom, boom. And personal best at the time was 48-10 or something like that. And since it was the last event, we knew we won. So that, that was a huge, we won by one point. That, that, that was huge for us. Another was home. I think it was 2000 where, uh, you know, Lincoln University was at their heyday also. The, uh, we had an athlete who was ranked second or third in the intermediate hurdles. And after the prelims, he had a sore foot most of the season. After the prelims, they really hurt his foot. And, uh, you know, doctor looked at it and said, oh, it's probably a stress fracture. We can go get an x-ray. And, you know. He didn't make it to the finals in the 400 hurdles. Uh, and then uh, I wanted uh, him to at least, you know, maybe walk or jog. We had two freshmen and a junior for the prelims of the four by four. And I said, uh, you know, if um, we're going to do well, I want these underclassmen to be part of the team. So you can just take the baton as anchor and, you know, jog and, he ran a little bit better than a jog. So actually those athletes then were officially in the meet instead of just saying we can't run the relay. But the real story comes from the four by four. There was some kind of foul. We only have an eight lane track and there was a foul where the committee inserted a team. I think it was Central College of Iowa. And um, so we're tied going into the four by four and we don't have one. Lincoln is probably gonna win. We're tied for the national championships. They insert Central College runs all by themselves in a lane, post the time. Eight lanes are full in the finals. Lincoln's winning, of course, and with a probably uh, 250 meters to go, guy pulls his hamstring and hobbles all the way around the track. Everybody's clapping and applauding. Hobbles, he's thinking, I just got to finish and we're going to get one point. We're going to beat North Central. He hobbles all the way to the finish line, but there was a team in the other section first. And uh, 
So Lincoln gets ninth, no points. We tie with Lincoln University for the national championships at our home track. So bittersweet. We had a guy who was injured, couldn't run in a relay, and uh, they get a guy injured in the last event. So there's so many memories that it's hard to come up with with many more. <laughs> so we're a Division Three podcast. You've been around Division Three a long time. I'm wondering over the years, what other Division Three coaches outside of North Central, like peers of yours, that you've come to really respect or build friendships with or value relationships with? Outside of our alums? <laughs> uh, well, it can include it can include alums, I guess, of but it has to, they have to be coaching elsewhere. Yes, uh, the three I mentioned from 98, you know, David uh, uh, Thompson, who's been all over the place. Now he's at New York University. Styles at Wash U, you know, uh, Joel Williams at, um, you know, Tufts, certainly Sean Carlson at Notre Dame and uh, Raphael Williams, Ray Williams, who's at Las Vegas right now, but he's been in Texas for quite a long time, you know, but we have so many Greg Huffakers at Illinois Wesleyan. So we see him all the time. And, uh, you know, those, those are just some, you know, great memories with all of them being involved with, in, in our program. That's and give me, give me, a, give us a non-alum too. You have to give us at least yeah, one non-alum. non-alum. You know, uh, you know, from uh, Williams, uh, Pete. You know, we respect him, and I, I vaguely remember when uh, I went to Northwestern. You know, Pete's from the North Shore, and my friend Bob, who was a, you know, a teammate of mine, he says that Pete used to come and run with us at Northwestern when he was a mailman before he went into coaching. And I vaguely remember that, but, you know, know, there's just so many guys out there that, uh, you know, we've had relationships with and you know, and the Mark Guthrie from lacrosse, great. You know, he was at Naperville North High School before he he went to lacrosse and certainly Zupank at at Oshkosh. And, uh, you know, um, there's just so many that (laughs) you can just keep going, you know, from, from Tim Donnelly from Haverford, you know, very close with him and and coach Carius. obviously i know more of them through al before uh, with my early years but uh, those are some great coaches out there that that do an outstanding job you know uh bob schultz over at uh loris you know he was in town he was at elmhurst and he was at lewis before he went to loris so we've you know been in meets together for so long so there's so many coaches out there that have done a great great job in the programs that they're in we know Al's phrase is run for fun and personal best, but did you have any sort of phrase for your groups that you kind of had them rally behind? Yeah, it's easy. Run, jump, and throw for fun and personal best. <laughs> yeah, it's easy enough. You know, that's, uh, that's what we do in track on the bottom of all our sheets. Run, jump, and throw for fun and personal best. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to top that one. It's all based on his philosophies that he's learned from uh, – you know, Ted Hayden, he does a great job in his book talking about, you know, Al went to Kansas his freshman year and did, did not stay at Kansas. And a lot of it was just his immaturity and not knowing, you know, what Kansas was all about. And, uh, you know, and, and then uh, coming back home and then going to University of Illinois and certainly meeting Ted Hayden and all everything that, you know, developed him as a coach. He has some great stories you know, in his book. And of course, I knew all those stories before he ever wrote the book. As you begin or think about your transition into retirement, 
what are you looking forward to? I'm not sure. <laughs> I just know, again, I don't have the energy to do what I've done all these years. And it's time to just say, you know, uh, I don't know what my, again, my wife's biggest fear is I'm going to come here every day and, and stay here as, as much as I can. But we'll see what the fall brings. But uh, I know uh, her honeydew list is getting so big that I may be looking for a different kind of job because now <laughs> I got to pay the bills, buy the groceries, you know, clean the house, cook the food. And part of it's joking, but I think she's serious since she's the one who's going to be working. But, uh, you know, I'm going to keep myself busy and we'll we'll find the, the time to let it all sort out. I just, I owe it to our staff and to, and to North Central, to our athletic director that I'm not the same Frank Ramoroso I was in 2019, 17, 18, 10, 1985. And, uh, you know, it, it's just, it, it's been, uh, it's, it is finally making that decision has been a load off my shoulders, you know, and certainly my relationship with Al is still going to be strong and uh, we're going to, you know, do what we've been doing, seeing each other every day for, you know, the last 39 years, it's going to keep going. You have so many coaches that are alumni, I'm sure you have advice for young coaches just getting started. You know, can you share some wisdom for all the young coaches that are aspiring to be you one day? Yeah, be the best you can for your athlete, you know, and that taking that, you know, what I've learned from Al, it, just that, uh, you know, don't expect the athlete to, you know, put you where you want to be. Don't use them to get another job, be the best you can for them and, uh, you know, help them learn and understand the sport and, you know, treat them with respect and not, not be all hung up on winning and times and enjoy the process that it takes because the process is going to lead you to those, those victories and those medals and those, those championships. But you have to have a, you know, strong character base yourself and, um, you know, bring that out in your athletes, you know, coaching from, coach them from the inside out. They have to become the person you want them to become. And that's just by giving them workouts. You really have to work on, you know, uh, the mental aspect of it, the emotional aspect of it, the spiritual aspect of it, and help them be the best they can be and not try to use an athlete just so you can go on to the next, next job, a bigger, a better job. And I think that's what we do best here. And those trophies kind of help explain that we're doing something right, but it's trying to, you know, be there for the athletes and you, you need that. They need you when they're not winning the most, you know, they're, that's when you really have to put their, your arm around them and, and help guide them because that, that's uh, it's stressful for a lot of them. I imagine you're feeling pretty invested in the legacy that you and Al have built to, you know, that legacy being continued are, are you involved in the search for your replacement? Well, the recommendation we made is that uh, it's probably best to keep a head cross-country coach and a head track and field coach, certainly uh, with the, you know, being able to work your 24 weeks around the year and tracks going on in the, at a certain time in the fall. Our calendar usually puts us at mid-October or late October for, for track and you know, you're trying to run a cross country program and then a track and field program. So that's kind of what uh, Alan, I think should take place. And it was only this past year under 
Al's recommendation when he developed bone cancer that I become the head cross country coach and uh, you know continue uh, building this uh, base for the future. And uh, I think that's probably a direction they may go. Uh, I would hope uh, an alum is seriously interested. I would hope the college is seriously interested in an alum. Uh, Matt Sinnott, our current full-time assistant coach uh, under me, you know, he is a North Central alum in the middle distance and cross country program. He was a volunteer for years. He was a part-time paid coach for years. In the last two years, he's been a full-time coach. I would hope he's given some consideration for uh, the loyalty that he showed us over all these years of, you know, again, studying as a volunteer and working his way up to a full-time assistant coach. Um, but as of yet, I'm not sure what direction the college wants to go. Uh, I know, uh, you know, track and field would be a national search and they're trying to figure out whether or not they're going to do that for cross country. So it's still, we, last week was the first time that Al and I met with the president and the vice president. Um, the athletic director was at an NCAA uh, commitment he had in Indianapolis, but we, we worked with Jim Miller very well too. So uh, they're still trying to figure out, they haven't had a coach for almost 60 years. So they're trying to figure out what to do. I hope some of our alums, whether they're high school or collegiate coaches, they, they know the blueprint. It's there. That has to be pretty cool to know that your legacy, that you're speaking to the president of the college on who to replace you. I'm sure not many other programs can go to the president and be like, hey, this is how we want our program to be, I guess, passed on to the next person there. And chances are, there's, you know, if you do go the split way, you're going to have two new coaches. If not, you'll have one new one. There's a chance they may be listening to this podcast right now. Any advice that you want to give publicly to them? I'm sure it's going to be, you know, the, you'll hand over the blue book in private, but anything publicly you want to say to your successor? It, it, it takes work. And uh, if they're coaching, they know what kind of work it takes. It's, it's not an easy path. It, it takes work, but if you can have a relationship with someone like I've had for 39 years, uh, it, it's, un, it's an unbelievable ride. And that's what I hope is that we can mesh the two programs together like we have been all these years. And, uh, you know, I hope that one of our alums that are out there are really interested in trying to uh, continue what we started way back in 1966. So this might be another difficult question for you to answer, but if you can, 39 years at North Central College, titles you were part of, how would you sum up your experience? I know that's a large task to ask you with, but I'm sure you've been kind of lost in thought here recently. Is there any way you would describe your experience? Uh, it's, it's great. It's sad that it's going to end, but uh, again, I just, I've heard Many people say you'll know when it's time, and and I know when it's time. I, I I can't do what I've been doing all those years, but it's you know Al Carius made it. Al Carius put North Central College on the map. Al Carius gave me a chance to uh, be a college uh, part-time coach. Then he gave me a chance to be a, a full-time coach, and you know like like the air we breathe. There's something there that has kept us together, and you know it's it's the biggest emotion you have, and that's that's love for each other and love for the program that uh, that he started and I tried to continue the best I can and uh, 
I hope somebody else has, is willing to put in the time and energy that it takes. And really some, some close alums have said, you know, it'd be an interesting position, but might not be the same without you and Al there. So that, that's a great statement and hard to fathom, but that's some of the emotion that I have been feeling the last couple of months and good luck. I, uh, it, it, it does, and, and things have changed, you know, admissions have changed, and, you know, and private colleges are skyrocketing and all those little things that are just so challenging. Uh, but again, any younger coach that has the energy and, and knows the blueprint that, that we have, um, I, I think they're, they're gonna be well off uh, trying to continue uh, because they have the energy to do that. I've lost that, that energy. I can barely get up and down the stairs. I'm going to probably need hip replacement like my mom. But it, it's been fun. I, looking back uh, in college and being a high, I thought I'd be a high school coach for forever. You know, I you know, took second in the state of Illinois and thinking, well, now, now we got to work to win the state meet. And then my teaching position has changed. And I didn't go to college to be an English teacher. And uh, everything just kind of fell in place for me. And I'm very grateful for that. Hey, Coach, a big thanks from Stu and I for being so generous with your time today, but also not only for the legacy you've established, but, you know, for what you've given to both North Central College um, and Division Three as a whole, which obviously our audience is so passionate about. You have had a tremendously successful career, and uh, we're just uh, so glad you sat down today to tell us about it. Well, thanks for asking. That's a, you know, a great, another great uh, feather for my life. Just, uh, you know, being able to reach, uh, talk to you guys and reach a lot of people. And if you want to learn more, go to Amazon and buy Al's Run for Fun at Personal Best because he, he really put it all together. And he says I'm not a writer, but uh, it's taken him quite a long time to put a lot of notes together. And thanks to one of our alums who helped take all those little pieces of paper and put it all together. But it's been a joy. And like I said, come, come the fall, I might be thinking twice, but right now I'm happy with my decision and uh, hopefully we'll North Central piece together what they need to piece together and, and continue this as best we can. All right, that wraps up another episode of D3 Glory Days. Really nice to be back with you all with the full team and thanks to coach for that gracious interview it's always great to hear people look back on such an incredibly successful career and so yeah definitely a special interview there another one for the north central fans we've de definitely loaded this one the this podcast has definitely been heavily skewed towards north central but you know with the success that they've had that's very understandable Again, if you want to support this podcast, if you enjoyed that show, you can find us on Venmo at D3 Glory Days. You can find us on Patreon at Patreon backslash D3 Glory Days. Check out our website, www.d3glorydays.com for all of our related content, whether that be written essays or photography. It's, it's all on there along with uh, links to our entire catalog of shows. So anyway, that's all for me. Thanks for your time. And here's to the Glory Days. Mm -hmm.